Welcome to Indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. This week on Indie Cider. From the start, I wanted a calm and relaxing music for the game. This from the perspective to not disturb the player during his reflection. Those are the words of Nicola Pialotti Vio, the developer of Cubot, a game that recently came out for Steam, previously released for Android in January 2014 and iOS in August 2014. It is a 3D puzzle game where you are charged with moving colored cubes around a tiled board, and you need to move the cubes onto the tiles that have their same color. So for example, a blue cube goes onto a blue tile, a red cube goes onto a red tile. Easy as that. The challenge arises in that each cube has different properties. For example, the red cube moves two spaces at a time, but the blue cube moves only one, and the green cube moves the opposite direction of all the other cubes. When you move any one cube, all the cubes move. Similar to the Nightmare Cooperative, a roguelike I previously played on this podcast. Now you can get the cubes a little bit out of sync. For example, if one cube is up against a wall and you try to move in that direction, it won't move, but all the other cubes that can move in that direction will. So that's how you get them to line up or not line up or to maneuver around each other when they're in each other's own way. There are also switches that sometimes will raise or lower barriers, and those barriers can also be used as elevators. So if one of your cubes is on a barrier that's down and suddenly the barrier goes up, the cube will be lifted up to a higher level. Some of the tiles have railings that prevent you from falling over the side, some do not. And once you fall down off a level to a lower level, there's no way to get back up unless the level design has that inbuilt, such as for an elevator or other obstacle that can lift you up. There are 80 levels altogether, and about every eight levels you're introduced to a new mechanic. That gives you the opportunity to master the green cube before they introduce the purple cube, for example. If you watch the trailer, they'll say, this game is very simple, just move cubes around. Well, it's simple except for this other mechanic and this other mechanic, and yet another mechanic. And the game, its difficulty ramps up pretty quickly. But to a degree, you can choose your own difficulty by trying to get the minimum number of moves necessary to finish the level, or just saying to heck with it and finishing it as many moves as you like. For example, some levels can be finished in just seven moves, and if you can do it in seven, you get a perfect score. There was at least one level where it suggested it would take about 38 moves, and I took over 100. I could easily go back and replay that level and try to trimmed down my score, but I was happy to be able to advance to a future level instead. Every level you finish earns you points, and when you have enough points, you can actually ask the game to show you the solution to a level. So whether you're a perfectionist or a casual player who needs a little bit of help, Cubot is great. Especially for the price. I bought this game on Steam for only $2, which seems more in line with a mobile game, which this game also is. I believe you can buy it on iOS for a mere dollar. But $2 on Steam? That's pretty good in my opinion. What drew me to this game was its austere and simplistic design. Its aesthetic is very calming. Other than the colored cubes, pretty much the entirety of the game is in black and white. The simple white background suggests that you're floating in some sort of limbo as you play this game. There are no Nyancats or flying toasters or pulsing colors in time with the music. And the music itself is something that you could meditate to. In fact, you can hear it in the background of this podcast. Now, as with every episode of Indie Cider, I have an interview for you, but this week we're doing things a little bit differently. The developer of this game is most fluent in French. However, I know only English, which is my own shortcoming. So what we have done is conduct the interview via email. The developer has responded in French, and that transcript can be found on the website for this podcast, IndieCider.net, should you wish to read his original text. 
However, for those English speakers who wish to listen to the interview, I have handed that transcript to my friend Antoine Vignau of French software development company Brutal Deluxe, which has no affiliation with this game, he just happens to be a friend of mine, and he has translated the French into English, and I will be asking him to recite those answers in the upcoming interview. So the voice you are hearing is Antoine's, but the words are Nicolas. Thank you very much for both of you for being so flexible, and thank you to you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Today I'm speaking with Nicolas Pierlotti Vio through my friend Antoine Vignau. My first question is about the game's aesthetic. I was drawn to the game by the very soothing music in the trailer. Very often, even puzzle games can have very fast-paced, energetic, frenetic music. Why did you choose a more calming approach to this game? From the start, I wanted a calm and relaxing music for the game. This from the perspective to not disturb the player during his reflection. The trailer aiming to present the game, it therefore had to have the same music. That makes sense, it is a very soothing game to play and you'd want a presentation that matches that. How did you go about creating that presentation? Many indie games are developed by just a single person who is good at graphics, audio, mechanics and design. Is that the case with Cubot or did you have assistance? Given that Cubot is a small game, I have been almost able to do everything alone. However, since I have no musical knowledge, the music and a part of sound design are not from me. In fact, the music is a Creative Commons track found on the web by chance, and it was exactly what I wanted for the sound ambiance. So it was perfect. Excellent. In fact, upon closer examination of the credits, I found the citation for the game and where it can be found online, and so I've been able to download it and listen to it without necessarily being forced to answer puzzles that I'm not smart enough to figure out. When I do finish the levels, I feel awfully clever, but at first blush, I very often feel anything but. I imagine that was probably the case when designing the game as well. Some of the early testers may have had challenges with it. How did you make sure that the puzzles weren't too hard? Did you have people testing the game to make sure it was actually beatable and reasonable? How did you make sure the levels weren't too hard? I don't know. There is no magic solution. As a first step, I created a lot of levels. I tried to rank them in order or difficulty. Thereafter, I proposed to my friend to test the game. This allowed me to see the strengths and weaknesses of the game. So, I made adjustments to try to have the best progression curve possible. The last tests I made were done at shows, where many players were able to test the game, which allowed me to have a lot of feedback. That seems to be a common theme with a lot of indie games. Opening them up to early access on Steam allows you to get feedback from players early on, and bringing it to shows allows you to get a lot of publicity and a lot of very hands-on feedback about your game. Other than player feedback, what would you say were your inspirations for this game? Were there other games that you wanted to improve upon? Although the concept for Cubot is relatively simple, I can't think of anything exactly like it that I've played before. The closest I can think of is Intelligent Cube for PS1, in that it's cubes rotating across a flat surface. Or maybe even the Nightmare Cooperative, which I previously played on IndieCider, in that all the pieces move together. What games were you thinking of when you made Cubot? It's funny, but I didn't know these games. I will find out about them. There are mainly three games that inspired me. Lozorx, a flash game where you have to move a parallelepiped to an unrivaled point. Devolve Dice, a PS1 game 
where the player controls a small devolve, which must clear the game board by matching the numbers on the upper side on adjacent dice. And last, the Portal series mainly for uncluttered aesthetics. Portal, really? I never would have thought of that. Although there is a teleportation mechanic in the later levels of your game, so maybe it should have occurred to me. Likewise, I haven't heard of your two games that you mentioned. Well, I've heard of Devil Dice, but it was so long ago on the PS1 that I never got to play it, and I don't know that I can find it now. But the other game you mentioned, the Flash game, I'll find that and put a link to it in the show notes for anybody who's listening who wants to give it a try. So this particular game, Cubot, I'm playing on my Mac after its recent release on Steam, but it was previously released for iOS and before that for Android. What was the learning curve like for each platform compared to the others? Did you find one easier or harder to write for? Were there particular challenges in porting your game between the platforms? It's not more or less difficult to develop for a system rather than another. The hardest task is to succeed to reproduce the same game experience on each system or devices. I hope to have succeeded. In fact, to talk a bit more about the technical part, the different versions of the game share 80 to 85% of the same code. The differences are due to the possibilities offered by each system. For example, the addition of in-app purchase on the Android version to propose a demo of the game. Or the addition of achievements in the Steam version. What about gameplay-wise? What feedback did you get from each version of the game that you took into consideration when porting it to yet another platform? Or how did the versions of the game change from one platform to the other? The game did not really change each time it has been brought on a new system. With the possibilities offered by sales platforms like Play Store, iStore, or Steam, I was able to take into account the player feedback instantly. This allowed me to correct level design problems or bugs. Of course, these corrections have been passed on new portages. The first version released on Android is completely different than the first version released on Steam. Sure, because each time you port it, you're not starting from scratch. That makes sense. Speaking of the Steam version, I was pleasantly surprised to pay less than $2 for the Mac version of this game. That is typical of what I would expect to pay for this game on mobile devices, but Steam games tend to run a little bit higher in prices. Why did you go with such a pleasantly affordable price for the desktop version? Yes, it's pretty cheap for a desktop game, but I have wanted a price close to that of the mobile version. Interestingly, about the mobile version, some people consider the game rather expensive while it's the same. Yeah, I've never been able to figure out the pricing structures and mechanics of the mobile market, and I'm just worried that we're in a race to the bottom, that we're going to end up crashing the industry like we did with E.T. back in 84. But that's a different discussion for another day. In the short-term future, though, far before the video game apocalypse, what plans do you have for future versions of Cubot? Will there be additional levels or DLC or maybe even a level editor? The main problem with addition of a level editor is that I hadn't planned to do from the beginning and it would take to change a lot of things at the game engine. And if I start to change the game engine, I would just like to modify the menus because there are some things that hinder me but also the graphic assets, adding new game design concepts, etc. In the end, the game will not be the same as the current one. I think that all these enhancements, modifications, additions will be added in a new game, but nothing is certain. Great, well, whatever that future game may be, I look forward to playing it. In the meantime, thank you so much for Cubot and for giving me your time, Nicolai. I appreciate it. And thank you to Antoine for serving as an intermediary. Thanks for listening. 
This has been Indie Cider, a Game Bits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at IndieCider.net.